everybody. We just wanted to jump in before the start of this episode and welcome you back. I know we've had a longer than usual gap between episodes. We were dealing with some things related to chronic health, chronic shit coming up. Also chatting a little bit about the direction of the podcast. And we decided it's very important for our episodes to just come out organically when it's time and it's time. And in addition to that, Stella's just popped up to lick Sherry's face and Stella is Sherry's dog. And this is the first time this has ever happened since we've been talking. (laughs) And it is very cute. Oh, hi, Stella. (laughs) We also wanted to let you know that this particular episode, episode nine, is two different versions of an episode that we ended up putting together in this one. The first one, we were doing a lot of laughing about things that were funny, but we also realized that we were laughing about things that were not so funny that made it more difficult to get to the heart of what mattered. You'll notice that there's a splice after the first few minutes that goes into a second attempt at recording. And that's why you'll hear a little music in between because there are parts of each we wanted you to hear. And we just hope you enjoy this episode. It's two different versions of us. Yeah, it's two different versions of us that are both us. The serious side or the more emotional side. Mm-hmm. versus the fun laughter side, which we're all of it, all of it mixed together. So with that, we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Melissa. Good morning. Nice to see you. It's good to see you too. Tell me about what's going on with you. You said you were in a flare-up. Yeah, it's just the last couple of weeks since I saw you last. I've been, I don't know what triggered it, but my brain hasn't been working very well. I canceled everything for the last couple of weeks or the last week. The first week I should have. But I just ignored it and that's how it got bad, I think. But oh yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. I'm sorry, because that just stinks. Yeah, oh, thanks. I was thinking about our episode on it's what's happening, like a radical acceptance approach. Yeah. I've been doing the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first week I was like, this is not happening. I'm just gonna ignore it and do 10 million things that I shouldn't be doing right now. And then the second week has been like just mostly a lot of swear words. Oh, (laughs) yeah. That's also good, right? That's just the, that's what happens. I mean, you're definitely not alone in that area. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We have that as part of our bond. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure that there's, uh, yeah, I think that's probably a common reaction Mm -hmm. to suddenly not being able to do what you're used to being able to do. And then on top of it, feeling not yourself. I just had a discussion about this mm-hmm. <laughs> with my husband. I think, well, today we were going to kind of talk about the loss of identity. It goes along with sensory loss and yeah. just general chronic 
shit or chronic illness, like we call it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, with my husband and my kids, we'll do game night and stuff now because they're grown adults. They don't live at home anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have to come up with ways to just have some family time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always announce before we start playing a game that my brain is only functioning at like 50%. Mm-hmm. The last time I did it, I got the response of, yeah, we got the message. We know. Mm. Like, hmm. In a nice way. I didn't say it in a, like in a joking way because I say it in a like, okay, people, mom's brain is not working. So we'll see how the game goes. And that response of, yeah, we know. Kind of like you've told us one million and one <laughs> times. You know what I uh-huh. mean? That's how I interpreted it a little bit. But... And so then I asked my husband, I said, is this a thing that I should be aware of? You know, it's hard to see ourselves or where we're coming from. I'm always curious how other people perceive me, you know, yeah, how how I'm coming across. And I was like, is this annoying to all of you that I'm, you know, announcing? He's like, well, I don't think it's that it's annoying. I just think it's that we all know what you're going through and... We're aware of it. And I said, you know, I don't think it's about any of you. It's about me and Mm -hmm. about making myself feel better in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And like that whole loss of identity that we're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you can relate. Right. Because you've been quick and, and, you know, I mean, I was fast and quick and, and I could find words and I could have conversations and I could, you know, do all these things that I don't feel like myself anymore because that's not who I am. This person who can't find words or whatever you want, you know, it's like, don't you think so? I'm just, I'm saying it because I'm not comfortable with it yet. (laughs) So I need to announce it because I've lost confidence. I mean, my confidence gets shattered when you, yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like there's something for me, to make those kind of announcements actually feels really important because there's something about not, we use metaphors for seeing and hearing all the time. And so I'm like really aware of that, but like being seen, Uh like being experienced as we actually are in that moment. Like for me, even if the people around me, like they all know that I'm losing my hearing, but if I go a long enough period of time with the same friend or the same people and don't, bring anything up and we're doing activities that are just kind of like their usual routine and I'm like exhausted, like I start to lose myself. So for me, it's really important to be like, still have no idea what you said. I still can't hear whispering. I still don't know it. Like to like see myself accurately and make an announcement about it. <laughs> right. It's for nobody us. else is not for it. them. Right. It's yeah. for it's for us. It's for our yeah our own heart, our own being, because those people, like you say, family and friends that are around us all the time, they just, I don't know if they forget. I mean, they act like, oh, you've told us a million and one times, but yeah, I've told you a million and one times, but you still don't seem to remember. (laughs) When you're like, do you remember, you know, like this whole, well, I told you that last week. It's like, may I remind you that my brain is not functioning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those, I guess we have to remind them. And I'm constantly having to remind friends and family that I can't see. Because like you, 
we just have adapted so well that because we don't have some kind of a sign, like we're not holding a sign Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like with the white cane, you know? And so like, what do you do when you're hard of hearing? I mean, other than look, I have a hearing aid or, you know, I I put my hair in a ponytail because I have so much hair. Nobody knows they wear hearing aids. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. We just, you adapt to the environment and the situations that you're in and you don't want to be constantly I don't know. I don't want to look. It's a hang up of mine. I don't want to look disabled or I don't want people to look at me. That's another Mm -hmm. thing. So carry a white cane. Everybody stares at you. So I don't like to do that. Yeah. You want to like to have a choice to be anonymous too. Yeah. But then at the same time, I want people to know that I can't freaking see. So that's Mm -hmm. why I don't know. It's a dilemma. (laughs) It's a dilemma. I have, I think I mentioned before that during the pandemic, because I can't understand a word that most people are saying with masks on. Oh gosh, yeah. Did I say that word right? I can't hear myself say SKS, so I don't know what I'm actually saying. (laughs) Oh, you say, oh, listen, you say it perfectly. Really? Okay. Yeah, so I'm impressed. No, you say it perfectly. (laughs) Okay, like I just don't hear the end of that word when I say it. Oh, I love when you tell me stuff like that. Oh, you do? I love that. Because then that gives me an insight into... Your hearing, you know what I mean? It helps me understand better where you're coming from. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I hear ma when I say okay. that word. It's not a very short word, but at the end of the word, I have this like cringe because I'm like, I don't know what's coming out of my mouth right now. I don't know if I'm saying it singular, if I'm saying it plural. I feel like I'm saying it plural. And I used you, to be able to hear that. Yeah, you are saying it perfectly. And that is probably, it must be a memory thing. That mm-hmm. you're, yeah, it's a memory. It remembers how to make my mouth do it right. Yeah. I've had so many experiences at the audiologist. I mean, especially during COVID, where they're behind the glass thing, they have a mask on, they look away and they talk really quietly. And I'm like, can anyone hear you? Like, can anybody hear? <laughs> Even be able to hear. Because, yeah, yeah, we don't like people don't like routinely get hearing tests. Like, you usually go to the audiologist because you have trouble hearing. So because I've never been to one FYI. So so nobody can hear the people behind the desk. <laughs> and so we're all guessing like there's usually like two or three things that in that situation that people would say. Like so you kind of go through like the menu of possible things that they might have said. And I'm sure everybody in the waiting room is having the same experience of like what's wrong with her? And you're like, um <laughs> three o'clock <laughs> and then like and you're like, Dr. Lavoie, <laughs> Melissa, Melissa, uh, I know I have Kaiser, <laughs> but you just say these things in just a random order and you hope that <laughs> like one of them is something that they said right then, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and I have no idea what they've ever actually said. <laughs> It's all I can think of is that. And <laughs> what is your name? It's like Kaiser. <laughs> you're going through, you have three possible questions and three possible answers. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> you would just have no idea. <laughs> my, name, my name is Kaiser. <laughs> my name is No, I have Kaiser. And then in your insurance, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> 
<laughs> so maybe next time you go, you'll raise a stink. Just say, excuse me. Okay, here I'm speaking for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone know what they're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then I went to the appointment. It was amazing. My audiologist like squeezed me in on her lunch break. Then I have like a sudden drop. She offered to do that, which is like amazing. That's great. Yeah, that's great. But I think she, because it was her lunch hour, that's like a more casual, like chatty time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but I had my hearing aids out because she was doing stuff to them. Oh. And she had the mask on and she was looking at the screen and she was like, <laughs> and then she's like, I like that sounded like a question. Swear to God, I need, we need to help. Our doctors need to listen to our podcast. Yeah. Something needs to happen. She was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Because I was like, I think you were talking about your son. (laughs) And she was like, I'm so sorry. I thought she was doing something to one of the hearing aids, but she thought my other one was still activated. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was like, I'm so sorry. I thought the other one was still on. I mean, I have that type of sense of humor. I can find humor in mm-hmm. pretty much anything, but there's a time and place for that. Let me not do that for right now. Let me mm-hmm. go ahead and say, you know what? This is really hard and this is difficult to navigate. Like I find, I mean, we were just talking about the whole navigating my life with my vision loss and my mm-hmm. everyday chronic illness issues, you know, and doing that without always having to make those around me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. It can be exhausting. You know, it's always the mindset of, don't talk about that. Nobody wants to hear about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because people are going to see it as complaining or people are going to see it as, well, we don't want to talk about that. That's not fun to talk about. Or that scares people. It's, you know, especially our loved ones, you know, that it's uncomfortable. But sometimes we have to be uncomfortable because if you're never uncomfortable, you're not really connecting with people. And I mean, I kind of just kind of done that my whole life. It's like, uh, that way I don't have to connect, you know? It's like if I can just make a joke out of it or I can find the humor in it, make them feel at ease at the same time as me protecting myself from whatever's going to come at me if I make it uncomfortable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah. I mean, just the way you said that, if I make it uncomfortable or make them uncomfortable and really all you're doing is telling the truth, you're not making anything. Right. I'm just speaking the truth. So really grateful that you, I know that it goes against that conditioning to say, let's just not use that episode because I was doing that. Like I was, I was making it, I was trying to make it comfortable when it's not. Right. That's exactly it. Because you're thinking, oh, there's going to be some people listening to this. Maybe. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That like, oh, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful or I'm complaining or I'm... It's like, well, I'm very fortunate and I'm very blessed. 
the reason that I'm like I am, which is the majority of the time, I'm a very positive, happy, look on the bright side kind of person and count my blessings. And I really do. I mean, every day I'm, I've been doing that so long, the gratitude thing. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it so long now. It's just like, it's become a part of who I am. So it's just like a weird walking around in gratitude all the time because I do. But at the same time, it's not fair to myself. And I know that in that getting to where I am right now is learning that I had to turn my love to myself and love my own heart and love me and everything about me. And it's doing me a disservice if I'm constantly trying to make it about everybody else but me. I mean, that's really Mm kind of what I'm doing. It's like, oh, don't worry about me. I don't have any needs at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm laughing about it because it's absurd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, truly. But that's what's where I've landed myself. Yeah. I'm working on that now. So can I ask what you would say right now if you were not telling the truth and not focusing on making anyone comfortable? I think that if I do that, I will cry. (laughs) Yeah. And I do believe that there would be some anger coming out. And if anger comes out, people can't handle that. What would it be? (laughs) People can't handle anger. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's part of me that wants to tell others how unbelievably ill I am. I have no idea how to get people to understand. And I don't think it's possible, but what it's like to live every single day all day, every day, like feeling so sick that I think most people, they maybe would go to the emergency room, (laughs) you know, I mean, because you just feel that sick and there's nowhere to go with it. And you can't, or I can't talk about it too much because I'm going to talk about it here, but I can't really talk about it too much because, and this is something that I've been actually working on with my therapist is there. I'm like, well, I can't talk about how I feel because nobody's going to want to be around me, Mm. you know? And she's like, it's that feeling of, you have to realize people love you no matter what. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a tough one to handle because it's hard to imagine that people are going to, but they are and they will Mm -hmm. if you just give them a chance. But I think that just from whatever my history of, you know, severe family of origin dysfunction. This is so much of a learning process. The first learning process I went through was to learn how to actually love myself. Mm -hmm. That I do every day, all the time, because that's the beginning of it, I believe. But now it's about receiving love from other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge of letting myself just be fully myself without worrying that people are going to abandon me or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. First of all, we're so grateful to hear your truth about mm-hmm. how hard it has been and how sick you have been. And I had a sense and I know that all the procedures that you've been going through and you've told me about some of the symptoms. I haven't heard you say that you felt so sick that it's like, somebody would want to go to the emergency room. And that's how you feel all the time. And that seems like unbearable. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. 
maybe as part of a coping mechanism. I don't know. You somehow learn to live with it. It's crazy. I'm so sorry that you've been this alone in that part of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's all an inward journey. Truly it is. But at this point, my inward journey is asking me to receive love. And I can't receive love if I'm not authentic about who I am and what I'm going through and allowing people to love me. And I have to remember that some people aren't going to be able to handle it. And that's okay because that's just life. When it takes so much courage, because if you're already feeling that terrible physically and trying to receive love is new, which is already hard to do a new thing. And then if Mm -hmm. somebody doesn't show up or goes away, it's too much. So it's like, (laughs) exactly. Takes so much courage. Do I have to have courage? I mean, I, Thank you. Uh, top of everything else, do I have to have courage too? Exactly. Uh, or so that's why where the anger is. <laughs> yeah. Or like take care of the other person's feelings. Or yes. what, am I going to have to do more work now if I'm... It's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head with that. Because that's another thing that a woman said who was going through um, the breast cancer. So she's like, I can't have leisure anymore. It's like my whole life, mm-hmm. every day of my life is work. It's just like you're working constantly to try to feel better. (laughs) And you get little respites here and there, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I think I'm feeling better at this moment. What did I do? What did I do that? Mm -hmm. But it is, it's like you can't ever just relax because you're always, what's the next thing, you know, or what symptom am I dealing with at this moment? Mm -hmm. Because it's always a symptom. It never goes away. There's always one symptom or another at all times, you know? What is the main thing that's in the forefront right now? Yeah, the forefront of my of right now is I have a lot of leg weakness. So if I walk very far, which, you know, is say 30 steps, both my legs go numb. Mm-hmm. And then my right arm, you know, is numb all the time. And then it gets better and worse throughout the day. Like I'll walk around, I'll walk into this room and sit down. And so then my legs are, you know, they feel like they're burning. They feel Mm -hmm. like they're um, like buzzing and tingly and all that. Sometimes like I'll be standing and I'll ask my husband, I'm like, do you feel the floor vibrating? Mm -hmm. Like, no. I go, oh, okay. It's just my legs. Mm -hmm. You know, like stuff like that. There's always something happening. It's like a... Complete bitch sesh for me today, apparently. Wait, <laughs> I want to check you on that because okay. I don't know. I was talking about the other option other than like laughing through something right. real. Yeah. Is just telling the truth. Yeah. Maybe is different from a bitch fest. Like I'm not complaining. I'm just speaking my truth for You're the just moment. Saying what's happening. What's happening to me. Right. And I have to say that in the back of my mind, nobody wants to hear that. So that must be a conditioning. There's so much conditioning. There's so much shame wrapped around it, shame and conditioning. Because I was going to say, I'm going to add on top of that, the fatigue, which it's very hard to describe fatigue to somebody who hasn't experienced fatigue, but I know that you have experienced fatigue. So you know what I'm talking about. I don't think that I experienced the kind of fatigue. I mean, I know that I don't experience what you're talking about. Yeah. So that is a daily challenge. 
the fatigue. And then I'm going to add to that, my vision is very poor. Makes everything a lot more difficult mm-hmm. than you know, just anything and everything is more difficult because of my vision. So I'm like seeing this world that nobody else is seeing. You know, everything's very dark. So I have tons of lights on all the time and I just can't see well, you know? So I want to try to make myself look nice, you know, like do my hair and my makeup or whatever. It's like, ah, I can't see it anymore. I can't tell. Mm -hmm. I can't tell what it looks like. And so I don't know, you know, so it's like all these things wrapped up all <laughs> it's like, so, mm-hmm. like just physical things that are hard. It's just hard. Everything yeah. is hard. Always. Always. Because I can't feel with my right hand. You know, I'm constantly, I've broken like four glasses in the last week because oh. I think that I can feel with my hand, but I can't because you just naturally do things. And then on top of it, I don't judge exactly where something is at because (laughs) my eyes tell me something's in one certain spot, but it's not. So I'll hit it because Mm -hmm. I'll think it's farther away than it is and things like that. So it's just like, oh, it's like I'm exhausted. And now I broke a big old cup (laughs) and I got to clean all of that up. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot on an everyday basis. I'm just trying to keep it together and function really on an everyday basis. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about with just when I'm not in a flare up, I, the only body thing that I'm always dealing with is hearing mm-hmm. just that, the energy it takes to pass as like fitting in or to pass yeah. as able-bodied is so much that like need to come home and sleep sometimes by like yeah. a couple hours. Like just the amount, and I know that you've been talking about both of them. You've been talking about how good you are at passing or how good you are at looking like everything's fine. Oh boy, yeah. With all of that going on, it's just so much to, I mean, I would maybe want to explode. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I do, I think. I do. I do a lot of breathing. Like I say, mm-hmm. my breath is my best friend. And that must be what I use to nourish myself. Mm -hmm. It nourishes me enough, whatever it's doing physiologically. For me, it's my way of connecting to the divine light or my divinity. And my divine self comforts me. It's here to comfort me. So I think that's where I go and how I stay sane. But... At the same time, I learned that I have to live here as a human being. Mm -hmm. And that means having relationships with other human beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that receiving love doesn't only have to to come from you. Right. Or your higher self. Exactly. You and That's not what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm not here for that. Yeah. It doesn't only have to come between you and you, it can come from other people sometimes. Otherwise, why am I here? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's the point? Right. We're, oh, we're here point. experiencing life, right? This is life. With other, other beings. With other beings. You know, you can't like always be living in spirit land and, you know, meditating 24-7. I mean, that's not what we're here <laughs> to do, you know? 
<laughs> right. Even though it can feel more comfortable. It feels a lot more comfortable, right? Because yeah. then you're not dealing with relationships with other people. But I believe that's what we're here to do. <laughs> that's the whole point. So, so this is making me think about love languages. And then I just got really curious about what feels like love to you as a receiver. That is probably the thing that feels the most like love to me is what you are showing me right now by listening to me and just understanding me or giving me the time. <laughs> I'm going to cry again, but yeah, that and it's people are, a lot of people can't do that. That's my love language. You know, I appreciate, you know, people doing things for me, but it, ultimately it's just, just spending one-on-one time with me, you know, sharing me things about what's going on with you, you know, and I guess, I don't know what that is. Just like, I have a conversation with me, I guess. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's nice when love languages align like that. Cause I yeah. sometimes like, well, I want acts of service, but the other person wants quality time. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. For me, even during times when I've been just so grumpy and having a flare up in my hearing stuff or whatever, I don't want to do anything. Whenever you and I meet, I'm always like, oh, I feel better. Like that was, I guess so I, we must have my, the, I got to hang out with my friend. We must have the same love language. Then. I think we might. Yeah. And my daughter talks about the love language stuff a lot. And um, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody has different types of love language. And my problem is, you know, like I think my daughter likes to get gifts. Gifts are love language to her. You know, my husband's the same way. Well, can I tell you, that's like pulling teeth for me because that is like the opposite. Uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't compute. So I have to work really hard at that one. Because <laughs> for me, the way I show love is acts of service. Mm-hmm. Which means like, I'll just do something for you so you don't have to do it kind of a thing. I don't know how to explain that, but it's like, if you go pick up the dog poop, I'll go pick up the dog poop for you. It's like, I'm doing that so you don't have to do it. That's yeah. like, that's how I show my love, <laughs> which is a weird way to show love. But Yeah, but for the receiving end, you just want to yes. hang out and be heard. That's pretty much it. That's pretty basic, that's pretty much right? it. I'm not asking a whole lot, am I? That is hard for people to do though. Like, I mean, it really is. Like, I don't meet a whole lot of people that are up for that. It's sort of countercultural sometimes to sit and listen. I do feel like this is the good stuff. That's what's happening. You know what, right? You're getting to the good stuff, which a lot of people don't won't talk about. Like, I don't know how many podcasts you listen to people actually <laughs> really talking about. The hard stuff. The hard stuff. I think another piece is because the thing that comes up for me in relation to this podcast is my hearing loss. And then when I'm having a flare up, my body doesn't cooperate. Like we have very, very different experiences. I have Mm -hmm. long periods of time in between as I'm doing the anti-inflammatory diet and stuff that I feel physically pretty fine. Also, don't want to make assumptions or compare what's happening for you what's happening because they're not no no they're not I mean you do have to do a lot of the same things I have to do which is like you call it pass you know we're living our lives 
passing. The passing, <laughs> and yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. So I think that maybe having real conversations, I'm sure that some of these things are pretty common that we can be afraid of, afraid of like saying something offensive or. Oh, yeah. Making a comparison where there isn't a comparison. Maybe. Yeah. And I mean, I worry about that too. Yeah. I don't want to ever offend you because I don't know what it's like to live without hearing. You know, I don't know. And so I never want to offend you in any way when I'm talking to you and asking you questions about it. And, you know, I'm curious. I want to know how you are living with that. That's another way that I, Somehow I can connect with you. It's like, I want to hear that. I want to know what it's like for you to truly live with the loss of your hearing. I mean, I want to know. And then I think yeah. oh, I ask too many questions or I right. might ask a rude question or something. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I guess that we just want to know. <laughs> I just, just want to know. know each other. Yeah, that's it. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know. But I like it when you share your struggles. I mean, that's a crazy thing to say, I guess. But Mm -mm. I want to hear when you struggle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe it's a selfish thing. It's like, oh, I want to know somebody else is struggling too. That's not totally what it is. But it's just like, that's how I'll know you and know who you are and get to know you is by your struggles. Because then we know we're knowing more. We can't really ever like know everything, but knowing more well, no. of what's happening. That's how I'll feel more connected with people. It's like, mm-hmm. please let me know. Yeah. You know, it's like pulling teeth with some people, though. <laughs> I find. I'm like, can you just tell me what is bugging you? I really want to know. <laughs> just what give you, me <laughs> give me a little struggle. I need to know you're struggling with something. <laughs> Well, maybe this would be a good segue to the poem. Yeah, I love that poem. Let's do it. Which one are you reading? Sweet Darkness. Sweet Darkness one. That one's beautiful too. Hey, David White. Okay. When your eyes are tired, the world is tired also. When your vision has gone, no part of the world can find you. Time to go into the dark where the night has eyes to recognize its own. There, you can be sure you are not beyond love. The dark will be your home. It will be your home tonight. The night will give you a horizon further than you can see. You must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. Give up all the other worlds except the one to which you belong. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Maybe we can go straight into breathing a little bit. Yeah, that's perfect. Let's do it. Oh, dropping into the sensation of breath. The rise and fall of the breath at the belly or the lungs or the tips of the nostrils. 
for, for the sensation of the body as a whole, sitting here breathing. Turning in and tuning in to the sensation at the heart area right now. Imagining that inside the heart area, there is a little flower bud. And there is water coming from the sky, clear, cool water dripping onto this flower bud. And giving it a glisten, a sparkle. And as the drops of water continue to fall, the flower bud starts opening slowly and expanding. Imagining that this water is filled with exactly what your heart needs right now. And that this flower is opening and turning towards it. See if you might be curious about what it is that your heart most needs right at this moment. Are there words that it needs to hear? Is there a gesture it needs to receive? Type of touch that it's longing for? You notice what it most needs from other humans. Knowing that if you, if you don't receive what you need from the other humans, this source within you will always be there to come back to as well. With that, you don't have to choose between the source inside and love from others. You get to have both. You definitely get to want both. As you notice what it is that's most needed, see if you might open any space within your heart area that's not quite yet open in order to make space to receive from others. now or in the future. What there is to receive.
And as we start to close this practice, take the intention with you to look for opportunities to receive love from other people. Knowing that no matter what happens with the other people, you always have your own internal source to come back to too. We'll just take two more full deep breaths. Letting go completely with the exhale. And acknowledging yourself for showing up in this way, expanding new directions. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Melissa. That was wonderful. We'll see you next time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.